Hello and welcome to Grizz and Steve's 90s Tuck Shop Time Machine. I'm Grizz. And I'm Steve. For our final episode of Series 2, we're revisiting our favourite topic of the 90s. Yep. So strap yourselves in for another grunge epic. Okay, so we should probably start by saying this is the last episode of series two, um, but which is why we've saved the best to last again. But um, but we will, you know, keep your ears and your eyes peeled because mm-hmm. we will be um, hopefully doing a couple of bonus episodes here and there, and maybe uh, possibly announcing uh, a, a treat for everyone a treat yes it's, <laughs> it's no longer halloween there'll be no tricks involved just no. pure treat well there might pure be some tricks treat. but <laughs> yeah yeah we'll see um but yeah i mean two two seasons we've done two seasons yeah a shitload of uh bonus episodes yeah we've had our first celebrity guest well two celebrity guests but yep. our, our first celebrity guest being Cobra from Gladiators. The legend that is Cobra from Gladiators, exactly. Cobra. We've had lots of friends, guests. You're my favourite phone contact. No no offence, Steve. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I'll say that. That's fine. <laughs> Completely understood. Um, and then, you know, so so Series 3, when it arrives, um, expect more. More of the same. More of the same, yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, but for this one, we are going back into the world of grunge in the 90s and uh we've got a bit of a i don't know it's it's a bit of a strange trio of bands really when you think about it it is it actually is because the last time we tackled um in in grunge part one we spoke about pearl jam soundgarden and alice in chains Mm. um and i mean that was that was the longest episode that we uh (laughs) like an hour and 40 minutes or something yeah um (laughs) So we won't be talking about Soundgarden. We won't be talking about Pearl Jam or Alice in Chains. We mm. might dabble here and there, but we won't talk too much about them um, mm. at all, really. Because today we are focusing on Nirvana, uh-huh. of course, Screaming Trees, and Stone Temple Pilots. Yes, which now it I, is a funny one, isn't it? Yeah, they're not. They're not three bands. I was just say they're not three bands that you would really automatically linked together in your head are they i think no no i mean screaming trees and nirvana kind of go nicely together mm. um but stone temple pilots i mean that first album core is a very grunge album it's very yes. much a grunge album. um but as stone temple pilots went on they became less grungy and more um i don't know they had more of a sort of 70s kind of feel to them in a way there was sort of like a cross between sort of classic rock and glam rock and yeah and, Kind of, and just just general sort of nineties alternative rock. Yeah. Um, but, but by all means, I'm not tearing them down. I absolutely adore Stone Temple Pilots. Absolutely. Like, I think all their albums are phenomenal. Mm. Um, so, but I know what you mean. Like, it is, it is a weird sort of trio. Yeah, I mean, it's just like just from their their sounds. You know, I mean, okay, we spoke um, in the first uh, in Grunge Part One. We spoke about how it's difficult to sort of find grunge and when you're 
putting these bands all in the same genre sometimes it feels like they don't really match up but yeah. um but yeah i mean you, you've got your sort of different it's kind it's kind of like metal i guess where you've got your different yeah. kinds of metal with grunge you've you've got your different kinds of grunge as well and then other people yeah. will say there's there's no such thing as grunge uh and yeah you know, <laughs> and there's there's it's that whole, whole fucking movement, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know there's, there's there's it's complicated but yeah, yeah i mean i i personally would have put nirvana with say mud honey uh yeah. like the melvins like bands like that yeah because yeah. they've got that sort of more punky uh, yeah. thing. But then saying that, as you just said about Stone Temple Pilots, and I think one of the one of the problems with trying to nail down grunge and what is grunge and which bands are grunge bands is that all of the bands that are associated with the genre, all they all chopped and changed their styles quite a lot. Yeah, they did. They really did. And I think, I mean, grunge is what we said last time. It's kind of, you know, it's a mix of sort of punk and metal, but with like, with some fucking shit hot melodies mm. um, inspired by sort of a lot of classic rock and, you know, a bit of glam in there as well. And yeah, it's like that. You're right. That's, when you say that, you know, the word grunge is like, does the word grunge even exist? Like, you know, a lot of the grunge bands would, would never refer to themselves as grunge. Mm. You know, they'd say, you know, the, the sound that came out of Seattle in the, in the late 80s, early 90, 90s. Yeah. But, you know, it was more like the media and, and the, um, and just, you know, just, just society that sort of, like, we need to throw all these bands into one. All these bands that are coming out of Seattle, we need to yeah. throw them under one title and we're going to call it grunge. Exactly. See, Stone Pilots didn't come from Seattle. No, um, indeed. So, you know, they're not a Seattle band with a Seattle sound, really. Mm. Um, but that first album, Core, is very grungy. It's very, it, lots of people used to compare it to Pearl Jam's 10. Yeah. And you can see why. Like, you know, uh, Scott Weiland's voice in, the, in that first Stone Temple Pilots album, you know, does have a bit of an Eddie Vedder kind of feel to it. It does, yeah. Yeah, Stone Temple Pilots have, have got that unfortunate... Um sort of tag or they had it at the time of, of being yeah. like grunge imitators but I mean yeah how can you be a grunge imitator surely if you're producing that sort of music then it is exactly it is whatever genre it is isn't it yeah. but yeah I, I don't know I think it's unfair um but we'll we'll talk about yeah. all this um in the course of the episodes but I think the best place to start really is with Nirvana to be honest um and i think a lot of people may have been surprised that we didn't include them in our first episode yeah uh, when we did when we did the grunge Mm. part one because Mm. they are probably the band i mean well it's there's there's no doubt about it they're the band that really brought grunge into the mainstream massively yeah they were and not not just grunge but also just that just 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 brought rock back to life into the mainstream really yeah. i mean like just put it into people's minds like you know people I've, I've watched something once before where they said how you know we didn't know what moshing was like people that didn't go to like rock gigs or anything they didn't know what moshing was they yeah. didn't know what what you know that kind of stuff until they saw smells like teen spirit the video um because yeah. people it was the first time you actually saw that in like a music video of people just sort of bouncing around and, and moshing and crowd surfing and all that kind of stuff um, even though it was a, it was it was you know a, a music video that was created, it wasn't like a live performance or anything. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, Nirvana definitely brought, as you say, grunge and, and rock back into the mainstream. So, you know, you can't even argue with that because they just did. Yep. Um, the question is, were they the best grunge band? And in my <laughs> opinion, they, they, uh, they, they weren't. Um, uh, yeah, I would tend to agree that they weren't the best. But um, I've, I've sort of, throughout my life, I've gone sort of up and down with Nirvana. And yeah. at the moment, I'm back on an on an up <laughs> trend at the moment. Yeah, I, I suppose it's partly to do with the fact that it's the 30th anniversary of Nevermind, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and all what's going on, and it's making me sort of oh, look mate. back at it, and yeah. yeah, and just think to myself, do you know what? Because obviously they were, you know, they started off life as this sort of underground alternative band and they blew up you know massively and and eventually they've sort of become weirdly they've become a symbol of people who you know this type of people that just wear the t-shirts without really knowing who they are and um you know there's that famous uh t-shirt with the hansen and underneath yeah. it says Nirvana, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, that's that's it, eventually they've, in a weird way, they've come to represent people that that actually don't know anything about the the music. Yeah. Um, I think that's. I think that was what always kind of put me off a little bit with Nirvana, mm. because I. I do love Nirvana. Of course, I fucking love Nirvana. I mean, Nirvana unplugged alone is just incredible, mm. absolutely incredible. Never mind, amazing. Like you know, Bleach and Neutro, they're all they're all like the most incredible albums, and they are an incredible, incredible band. And you watch them live, and you watch these live videos, and you're like, fucking hell! Like, it's all so sloppy, but also tight at the same yeah. time. And it's just, yeah. it's just, it, it's so, it's so punk, but it's so yes. melodic. It's, it's all of that, and it's just. And then you look at Kurt Cobain, and he is like the perfect front man. Like he, he's fucking, he's good looking. He sounds like his voice. He can fucking, he is. When you think of a rock voice, Kurt Cobain's voice is, yeah. is kind of that in yeah. a way. If you're not thinking sort of Led Zeppelin-y kind of rock and roll, yeah. sort of 70s rock. But I think that's what always put me off when we were growing up, when we were first getting into like really getting into grunge and stuff like that, mm. was the fact that, as you say, everyone liked Nirvana. Everyone loved Nirvana. And I think that's what I think being a stroppy teenager, it kind of put me off because I just thought there are so many people that, say they like Nirvana but they don't really like Nirvana yeah they don't really and I'm like okay you like Nirvana we'll sit and listen to Pearl Jam sit and listen to Soundgarden and they never did they would never go any further than Nirvana yeah and I think that's that always sort of made me a bit of a sort of and as much as I love Nirvana a bit of an anti-Nirvana sort of exactly and it was like I don't want to buy a Nirvana t-shirt and then people just look at me and be like oh we just we just <laughs> like the Nirvana t-shirt although I do kind um, of want that handsome t-shirt <laughs> oh I do as well <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that's, that's exactly that, that. What you've said there is exactly yeah. what I'm talking about, and it was pretty much what happened to me as well. I mean, uh, I, um, as I've spoken about many times in various episodes, you know, I was introduced to a lot of the music that I listened to by my sister, who is that bit older than me, and so she was that more informed on on the music that was coming out at the time and things like that and so i was listening to nirvana at the age of like six seven 
eight years old and yeah. um and so it was it was a it was a case of like i just liked them by osmosis really you know it wasn't it wasn't that i'd really formed an opinion on this band or this music or whatever is my sister liked yeah. them and i listened to the same music that my sister listened to and so therefore that was it you know whether she was listening to take that and e17 or nirvana and yeah. Garden, it didn't matter you know i wasn't even thinking of genres and and things like that at the time so yeah and i remember so you just listen to what you listen to don't you? you like it so you listen to it exactly yeah yeah that's it so um i remember um having never mind on cassette and uh listening to that and um so yeah so my early life uh, you know they were a part of my early life but then as you say as we got older and you start branching out and listening to other music and then you realize that nirvana are this massively mainstream band that everyone knows and yeah like you say that sort of that sort of stroppy teenage uh, part of you says like oh i can't i can't listen to that because everybody's yeah. listening to that. i've got to listen to stuff that's that's not as well known and uh, you know yeah, it's that yeah. sort of yeah, yeah. it's, I, yeah, it's silly know. really but <laughs> that's the way that's it the truth silly. of the matter it is. It's the absolute truth, and it, it does feel silly, but it is true. And I think when you really love music, like, like the way that we do, and love a particular style of music, um, you feel some kind of ownership with it. You kind of like almost yeah. like it belongs to you in some kind of way. True. And I, I was I was working on a project last week um, where one of the actors on stage um, was wearing part of their costume. I walked into the rehearsal room. Part of their costume was they they. It was a very sort. Of, typical grunge look it was yeah. you know flannel shirt yeah. jean beanie yeah. on her head and lo and behold she was wearing a nirvana t-shirt oh, right. i wanted to say it wasn't it wasn't my place it wasn't my project but i kind of yeah. wanted to say to the costume designer and say listen if you want to make her look really grungy put her in yeah. a sound garden exactly that's a that's a lazy isn't it <laughs> put her in a mud honey t-shirt don't yeah. put her in a fucking nirvana t-shirt it's so because so if you can find a my tiny t shirt, good luck to you, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, fucking. Uh, but this is it. And you just, I saw it. And like for anyone that doesn't feel the way that we do, might just go, oh, yeah, she looks quite grungy. Yes. And that would be the worst. But I look at it and I just go, that looks so put together because yeah. it looks so fake. It looks so put together because it just, it just screams. Yeah. And it's, it's, that, it's that meme that I've seen. And people get really annoyed when you, that picture like that. The guy chasing someone down the street and going, "Tell me three songs. Tell me three yes. songs by Nirvana." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, dude, tell me yeah, exactly. Songs. Yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true, and it's um, sad that that it's of that outfit that you're talking about. There, it's sad that it's the Nirvana T-shirt that makes it. That that's what brings the yeah. outfit down, you know. And that's yeah, it does. What they've become, and it's yeah. you know. It's I, I find I find that kind of sad because, like it you is, say, yeah. you know, people like us who are massive fans of of their music and their style of music, and that you know we'll we'll yeah. distance ourselves from it, and yeah. it's not really fair, is it? It's not, and I think that's that's kind of, that's def, that's exactly it. That's exactly what I did. I completely distanced myself from it and was like, if I'm going to listen to all of these grunge bands, it's not going to be Nirvana because I was being a stroppy sod yeah. and being, you know, being really sort of stubborn about it because exactly that, because it was just like, it's like if you walk into a record shop and you pick up 
never mind and you go and buy it you feel a bit silly kind of buying it because you feel <laughs> yeah. like someone's sort of going oh you're gonna oh, take over yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. Like, no, i've been listening to this for fucking 20 odd years I just, yeah i'm gonna buy it for the first time on on record <laughs> or something but it's but i don't own it that's the thing i've got all these records in my room and i don't own never mind the only one i own is is the unplug session doesn't mean i don't listen to them because i really bloody do yeah uh i listen i listen to nirvana you know quite a lot but just not as much as the other bands that i want to listen to yeah it's funny that you say that actually because i was just talking about um having never mind on cassette at at the time yeah and i think i don't think i've ever owned it in any other form i think that's the only that's really? the only time and even then like i say really it was my sister's so yeah. it wasn't exactly mine um yeah so yeah that's that's a point i think the only album of nirvana's that i've got on cd is the the, the best of compilation that we that, ah, um, yeah. that we went to we, buy we in camden that day yeah i mean let's i mean let's actually talk about the you know that's that's the negative side of Nirvana is that as 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 grunge fans you just do feel a little bit like you want to distance yourself from them. Mm. Um, but the positive is that they're a fucking great band. They are. <laughs> and those album, as you said, you go through stages where you go, oh, I haven't listened to Nirvana in a while. And exactly. you put them on and you're like, fucking hell, they're so good. That's it. I mean, again, as as always, when we're doing um an episode that's based around a band or music or whatever, I will always yeah. um listen to to those bands the day before or the day of or whatever yeah and yesterday i was listening to all three of these bands yeah. and i mean even songs like polly i was listening to polly like oh, last great song. it is a great yeah. song but i don't i don't give it a chance and then when i'm sitting no. there listening to it i'm thinking this is actually a much better song than i remember it is it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant but you don't you're right you don't give it a chance you don't give it a chance to go Oh yeah, let me listen to Polly because because there are so many great Nirvana songs. Yeah, Nirvana. Once you pick up a Nirvana album, you start listening. You go, oh, I fancy listening to some Soundgarden now. And then yes, you, that's you, true. That you is do. very you go, true. Oh, I'm really enjoying this, but oh, I really fancy listening to the day I tried to live. And then you yes. put something. <laughs> you're that. You're not going down that route. That's but, so um, true. I mean, what is your favorite Nirvana album? Do you have a favorite Nirvana album or favorite Nirvana song? Uh, it's it's a funny one because. I think my favourite songs mm. by Nirvana are probably on In Utero. Yeah, same. But my favourite album as a whole is probably Nevermind, to be fair. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I think I think Nevermind is is probably is their best album. You, you can't even argue it. Yes, it's their most commercial and it is the most commercial grunge album and possibly one of the most commercial rock albums of the 90s. Um, but it is a great album. It's it is. So good. Yeah, when you put it all, that's what I'm saying. When you put it all together, mm. it's sort of more than the sum of its parts. Whereas yeah. In Utero has got some great songs on it but um, yeah. I don't feel like the album altogether is as good as, like probably you're saying about favourite song. Yeah. I, probably, I, I, I think I'll have to go for All Apologies. Oh, mate. Yeah. Snap. Same. Yeah? Yeah. Same. Yeah, All Apologies, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think, and then again, when you look at this, I'm just looking at the tracks on In Utero now, and you've got yeah. Heart Shaped Box. Yeah. 
Yeah, Rape great song. Me, Dumb, yep. Penny Royalty, mm-hmm. All Apologies, <sighs> of course. Yeah, Heart yeah. Shaped Box. Oh, I think I said that one already. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, Penny Royalty is brilliant. Penny Royalty is a fantastic. Yeah, oh, it is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so all apologies for yourself as well, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just love the opening, I love the like just the opening guitar part. I think yeah. it's a really, I don't know, it just for me, it just sums up Nirvana, even though like Teen Spirit clearly does, and so yes. it's like in bloom and everything else. Yeah, but I just think all apologies just really just sums that band up, and yeah. I think it's sort of it's a right, it's a lovely sort of middle ground between the sort of the softer stuff and and you know the harder stuff yeah that's what um, i was going to say because that's the that's the funny thing about it is that it's not when you okay when those those people that we're talking about <laughs> that wear the nirvana t-shirts but can't name more than three songs you know yeah. when they think of nirvana you know what's the fir- of course the first song that they're going to think of is smells like teen spirit of course yeah and all apologies is so different it is. You know, it's it really, com- really, really different to yeah. to that, or like, or in bloom, as you said, like lithium. Yeah. You know, songs like that. Yeah. It, it's a very different song, and this is mm. again goes back to what I was saying before about how all of the bands that we talk about when we talk about grunge music, they don't yeah. stick to one formula necessarily. No. You know, maybe some of them do. Maybe some of the lesser known bands, but. Um, but certainly the big ones, you know, the yeah. um, Soundgarden, Sound Garden, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Stone Temple yeah. Pilots, you know, they don't mm. they don't stick to one sound, which makes it even no. harder to nail the genre down. I think. Yeah, it is. It's really hard to nail it down. Like you, you hear it and you go, "Oh, that's very grungy." You you can sort of tell, but it is hard to nail it down in a way. And all the all the post grunge bands that came out, like Creed and Autobridge and all of those, Nickelback. you know, they were all very and, and I mean even Bush. You know, as much as I like, like Bush, even Bush, they all very much went down a more sort of a Pearl Jammy kind of route it's with their true, music. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good point. I've never I think, about that before. I, I think all apologies is a is a great bridge between sort of Nirvana, the loud punk rock kind of grunge band that they are, to mm. the unplug sessions that they the unplug session that they do. Yes, I think all apologies is that perfect is that bridge between the two worlds it is yeah i totally agree i totally agree um and speaking of uh the unplugged session that they did um and you obviously mentioned that you have that was what you said you have on yeah i have that yeah 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 so um let's talk about our own personal memories of nirvana so obviously that is a big a big one for you yeah but when when, do you remember like when you first started listening to them or anything i think i kind of i remember going i remember when i first started listening to rock music i remember being in our price in the sorry oh wow that's how fucking long ago it was (laughs) fucking our price um and i remember buying i was first getting into punk i was first getting into pop punk like i was getting into Blink-182, yeah, Green, Green Day, Day. Um, you know, The Offspring. Yeah. And I remember being in the rock section and just sort of just, just scanning the, 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 the names of all the bands and stuff. And I remember there was this one kid and he was looking at a Nirvana CD. And I think it was Nirvana Live and Loud, I think. Okay. Um, I think it was that. Or it was just some live Nirvana album. And I remember thinking, oh, I've heard of that Nirvana, but I don't know, obviously, I haven't heard what they were like. 
Yeah. And I, as far as in my head, I thought they were just some really old, old bands, um, <laughs> which is actually crazy, really, because I mean, I think when I started looking at this, at, when I, in this moment, I think Kirk Cobain had only been dead for about five years. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy when you think about it now. Exactly. Um, but like, I mean, I didn't know too much. I remember asking my dad about Nirvana. He said he didn't like them, but that's just a bit of a <laughs> sort of seventies rocker. Yeah. Um, but then I remember my aunt Linda had she had it on CD. She had Nevermind on CD. Oh, really? And then, yeah. And then I thought, well, can I take this? Because I'm getting to rock, so I need to listen to rock music. <laughs> um, and I remember taking Nevermind Never and, and just and loving it. I being like, wow, this is fucking great. This is really fucking good. But I think at the time, I was really into Blink-182, really into Green Day. And it wasn't until you gave me Pearl Jam's 10 that I really started getting into grunge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Nirvana were always kind of there. But I think... And I've, like I say, I always liked Nirvana, but I kind of always jumped over Nirvana a bit because I just, I went from pop punk to Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains. Yeah. And, and the, for me, Nirvana was always pushed to the back. And even to this day, they've always still sort of like, I always kind of keep them to the side. Um, but then when I, like you, when I listen to them, I'm like, fuck yeah, they're brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, so for me, like I said, I mentioned earlier, like um, having listened to them through my sister and then yeah. um, I remember actually saying about your dad saying about he didn't like him. I remember um, one particular day, I can't remember where we were going now, but we were in the car with our old scoutmaster. Uh, Colin, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that there. And um, uh, my sister asked him to put the cassette that we had of Nevermind on on the in in the car, and uh, so he put it on. And yeah. after yeah, I don't know, like a minute of whatever song was playing, I don't know, it might have been yeah. songs like Teen Spirit. He went, "Oh, what's this rubbish?" and ejected it, and pre- <laughs> pretended to throw it out the window, and me and my sister just screamed like, "No!" Nah! <laughs> 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 we thought he'd really thrown it out the window, but obviously he hadn't. But uh, but yeah, that's, it's funny that that, that it, you know, obviously provokes that music provokes that mm. reaction from from people you know who are that bit older yeah, older uh, yeah exactly and it's uh it's it's funny to think of of that now um yeah. because it doesn't that was at the time obviously you know it was yeah. it was something new and it was something rebellious and whatever and it doesn't feel that way anymore to me yeah because it's no, it doesn't. aged yeah. you know um yeah yeah as as we were saying like and then when i when i sort of approaching my um sort of later teenage years and it was and when i'm making now making decisions for myself about what music i'm going to listen to and what type of music that was when nirvana got shelved um for me as well and yeah yeah, it's it's a funny one that isn't it but it's it's it is a funny one it's funny because I think a lot of people will be listening to this expecting us to be raving about Nirvana and going, oh my God, the best grunge band ever and the best rock band ever. Yeah. Um, but actually, I think when people really, really like rock music or especially grunge music, I think a lot of people have the same reaction as we do in a way. Yeah. Um, and that is, yeah, of course they were a great band. Of course they were an incredible, um, you know, they, 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 you know, they, like you said before, you know, they broke the mainstream. Like, you yeah. know, all of that is 
is amazing, incredible. But yeah, I, I, I very rarely go, oh, I'm going to go and listen to Nirvana all day today because I, I don't. I never yeah, do that. I could listen nah. to Pearl Jam all day. I could listen to, you know, other bands all day, but I just I just never do. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, don't get me wrong. There is still a lot of Nirvana love. Oh, think, absolutely. You know, thank God for Nirvana. Like, you know, and that unplug session alone was just is absolutely phenomenal and iconic. It really, really is. And you know, cliche word, but it is an absolute iconic um performance. Oh, it? definitely. So yeah. From everyone involved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so this all goes to show why we didn't include them in part one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, when because we spoke we, about. We knew that we, yeah. Yeah, we spoke about Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, and Alison Chains instead. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, just the, some trivia about Nirvana, and just to remind everyone just how massive they were. Like you know, they they were. I mean, they were credited for for basically destroying hair metal. <laughs> which is you know not a bad thing not yeah a bad thing <laughs> <laughs> not a bad well, thing and also pretty impressive you know to be the band that that you know that's that's it they they were the band that that brought in this changing of the guard you know and yeah, yes there yeah, were yeah. other grunge bands before them and yes there are better grunge bands than them that's it we're not saying yeah. that they're the best we're not saying that they were the first but no. they were the ones that that broke the wall you know and yeah. and um yeah and brought grunge into the mainstream and as you said brought rock music in general sort of back to back into the public consciousness you know yeah. and um i mean Nirvana, I'm um, sorry, n- never mind that we're talking about, um, which is its 30th anniversary now. Certified mm. Diamond, you know, I mean, wow, Diamond, it's mind blowing. When, I mean, when you read some of like Kurt Cobain's earlier kind of journals and things about when he was starting the band with Chris, yeah, just like just, just talking about like you know the bands that influenced them and how they just wanted to be. I mean, he, he did want to be successful. Like, he, I, you know, obviously the, the success and fame really, you know, hit him in a way that I think only if you're experiencing that, you, you, you would know what that is. Yeah. But like, you know, he did want, he, want, he wanted his band to be successful. He wanted them to be a great, yeah. a great band. Well, um, both of those things that you just mentioned there, it's funny, it's funny that you mentioned both of those things because there's two things that I was going to mention uh, talk about as well. Um, <laughs> the first band that they... Um, that they created him and Chris. Uh, they called them. They called themselves the Sellouts. <laughs> the Sellouts. Yeah. <laughs> and they they started off as a Creedence Clearwater Revival tribute band. Oh my god! Can you imagine that? that? Brilliant. Can that you imagine right. that? With uh, Chris Novoselic on guitar and vocals and Kurt playing drums. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's unthinkable. It's- I know. Well, this is because like, Alice in Chains originally were a bit sort of, they're a little bit hair metally when they first started. I yeah. Think. Uh, Chris Cornell was the drummer of, 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 of his band when they first started. Yeah. You know, it's like, how can you put Chris at the back on fucking drums? I like, know. In my opinion, the greatest voice in rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. But like, absolutely. You know, it's things like that. And like, I remember reading this brilliant thing where apparently Kurt Cobain ran into, was at Chris, Chris, Chris's house like one night. 
And he was literally just throwing away all these CDs, going, no, that's rubbish, that's rubbish, can't do that, that's terrible. And just going in there, really sort of judging his his selection of, um, of music. Um, but I love that, like, he just knew what he liked and knew kind of who he was. That's, I mean, that's the one thing you say about Kurt he wasn't. He was by no means a fucking poser and by no means a fake in any oh. way at all. No, but again, going back to what you were saying about he did want the band to be successful, and that is something that, yeah, um, that I think people forget and overlook sometimes as well because he is this sort of he's he, you know, he's become this sort of like liberal icon, you know, yeah, he was very yeah. outspoken about things like um, uh, feminism and anti-homophobia and things like that you yeah know? and and so you sort of feel like he was just this guy that you know was just making music and, and got big and and it just all happened to him but it's not yeah. it's not the case I mean he no. he did I mean apparently he they were getting um frustrated with sub pop for not um yeah. for not promoting bleach as much as as much as they felt like it should have been promoted yeah. and um and just things like that, you know, he, he did push yeah. and he did want the band to become successful. I mean, I don't suppose yeah. even he could have imagined how successful they eventually became. But, no, um, but the way I see it, yeah, when I, when I think about them being successful, I think about their Reading 92 performance. Yes. And just, just, you just see, it's just the three of them and some random guy dancing on stage. But it's just, <laughs> you know, the three of them play into this just sea of people and they just fucking smash it. They yeah. smash it out the bag. And it's just like, that's how big Nirvana got. That's when yeah. you physically can kind of, in some kind of way, get your head around it. Um, obviously bigger than just Reading Festival, but like, it just, that's the way my brain sort of goes, oh yeah. And, you know, you think about the little clubs that they used to play in Seattle back in late 80s. Yeah. Um, to the band that they became. Um I mean, yeah. Reading 92, I mean, you say, like, they they were bigger than that and whatever, and it's true, but that is credited as one of their best performances, Reading yeah. 92, right? And, and just now, I just Googled Reading 92, and the first thing that comes up, it's not about the festival, it's live at Reading, album by Nirvana. <laughs> so yes. there you go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. how many other bands played? read in that year and the first yeah. thing that comes up with a google search is is about nirvana and yeah. it says um 99 yeah, yeah, yeah. of google users like this album so yeah, yeah it's pretty this it's, is it it's decent yeah. isn't it <laughs> it's pretty fucking decent it really really is so you know whatever you however you feel about nirvana and it always feels a little bit blasphemous to sort of say oh you know they're not my favorite grunge bands it always feels a little bit sort of wrong in a way yeah but yeah Whatever you feel about their music, whatever you feel about Kirk Cobain or whatever, not that I hear many people say much of you know, any negative, really, apart from my dad saying that time that he didn't like them. <laughs> um, you know, apart from that, you know, they were fucking great. They were incredible bands. And if you, you know, anyone that hasn't listened to Nirvana, go out there and do it. Go out and do it now. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, and even people that just have listened to them, but like us, maybe don't give them a fair like sort of chance a lot of the yeah. time give them another listen and and just yeah. listen without prejudice you know just just yeah just enjoy the music um exactly. fucking hell man i'm just looking at the lineup for reading 92 now oh my god this i mean friday and saturday are, are decent okay you've got yeah. um 
well, actually, Friday's not that great, to be honest. <laughs> but Saturday, <laughs> Manic Street Preachers, Smashing Pumpkins, you know, they got swayed on this, in the session tent. Some, nice. some decent bands there. But, oh, my God, Sunday, it's like it was made for us, man. It's Nirvana oh. headlining, of course. you got Nick Cave, Mud Honey, yeah. Teenage Fan Club, L7, yeah. Screaming Trees, The Melvins. Oh what? <laughs> Yeah. Did Tall play that year, or did Tall play a couple of years later? Um, I can't see Tall on here. No, it must have been a couple of years because I know they played Reading one year on the main stage. I'm not quite yeah. sure what year it was. I think I it might have been. I got a feeling that was '94, but I could be yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you might be right because there's a brilliant live version of them playing sober, and Maynard's in some sort of like pink onesie or something. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, um, of course. Why wouldn't he be? I'm craving some pick-a-mix washed down with a tiny can of coke. What can I do? Get yourself down to Woolies, mate. By the sounds of it, it'll be right up your street. Wicked. Do you think I can pick up a toy in there as well? Before my dad drags me out kicking and screaming. Tell your dad not to worry, Steve. If you find any toys and games cheaper than they are at Woolworths, they'll refund the difference and that's a promise. It's well worth it. Um, should we move on to Stone Temple Pilots then, Screaming Trees? To uh, yeah, brilliant. Well, I could talk about Nirvana all day, man. There's so much to say well, about this Nirvana. It. This is the thing. Go yeah. on. I was going to say because like, I was when we were sort of thinking about the bands we could bring in to talk about in this episode. I thought, oh, even though they're not a grunge band, but they were thrown into them. They were constantly being thrown into it in the early days. I thought the Smashing Pumpkins, but I thought no, they really, really need their own episode. We yeah. need to. We need a, a whole episode dedicated to the Pumpkins because I've got so much to say about that band. Yeah, so much to say. Um, and there's so many great albums by them in the '90s. So let's just save that for another day. Yes, um, I agree. Um, but yeah, like I say, I mean, we could have easily done an, an episode on Nirvana alone, just because. Yes. I mean, maybe we should because the impact that they had, you yeah. know, is it, just incredible. And when you yeah, go, yeah, yeah. when you delve deep i mean i learned some things that um i did not know about them at all um when i was doing some research for this yeah and uh yeah i think yeah i think maybe we should revisit nirvana on their own right. because yeah let's do that yeah because there's so much about them that yeah. that you can't cover in in like one third of an episode and we've already probably no. given them way more than we're going to give stone temple pilots or screaming yeah. trees yeah, yeah, that's it. Exactly. Well, do you know what? Save that information, and we'll do next season. We'll do, we'll do a Nirvana episode, and we'll talk all about Nirvana. And as you say, reveal all this, all this stuff, and talk all about. Well, just talk about the band. Talk about the musicians themselves, because yeah, yeah, there's a lot to say about Dave Grohl alone. Exactly. We haven't even mentioned Dave Grohl. I know. It's the first time we mentioned Dave Grohl. The whole yes. Anyone <laughs> that's listening that doesn't know, Dave Grohl used to be in a band called Nirvana before. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about just now when you were saying about Chris Cornell playing drums, and I was thinking, yeah, yes. I mean that is Dave Grohl was the drummer of Nirvana, yeah, you know, he and was. it's he it's was. easy to forget that these days. And it's funny when you see those pictures on Facebook of like, oh, the lead singer yeah. of the Foo Fighters standing with the with the drummer from Nirvana. 
Yeah. I remember yeah, years yeah. ago reading an article, I think it was in Kerrang. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was in Kerrang. Yeah, it was an interview with Dave Grohl. And I mean, obviously more time has elapsed since then. This is, we're talking early 2000s, I suppose. And um, it, one of the questions that they, so it was a question and answer thing. And one of the questions that they asked him was, um, like when you're when you're out and about, what gets you um, more attention, or what gets you sort of more of the sort of VIP treatment? The name Dave Grohl or the N word? The N word uh. being Nirvana, <laughs> and and yeah. he actually said Nirvana. Uh, that was that obviously that was at the time, which was you know early two thousands. I mean, Kirk Bain had only been dead less than ten years, so. Yeah. Um, so that's well, this is it. I mean, imagine. I mean, you're in one band. You're in like Foo Fighters, a huge band. But imagine being in two huge, oh. fucking bands. Nirvana and Foo Fighters. It's just greedy, isn't it? It is greedy. It's very <laughs> greedy. But you know what? If anyone's going to do it, Dave Grohl's the man to do it. Yeah, fair play to him. Fair play to him. But um, yes, yeah, so, okay. So we'll definitely talk about Nirvana again. Um, we but yeah, let's move on to Stone Temple Pilots and Screaming Trees because otherwise they're not going to get any coverage and we've already advertised that this episode is <laughs> supposed to be about them as well. I know, we, we, we'll do this, we'll talk a bit, otherwise this episode is going to be like four hours long as well. Yeah, exactly, we have to release it in four parts. Um, okay, so Stone Temple Pilots. So we spoke a little bit earlier about how sometimes they are considered grunge imitators or they were in the early days and they were not from Seattle. So they weren't part of the quote unquote Seattle sound. But as you said, core is obviously a very grunge sounding album. Um, personally, I didn't really get into Stone Temple Pilots until you lent me the, uh, the compilation album. Um, thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're you're welcome. <laughs> Very good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, I, mean, uh, I, I knew of them. Uh, I'd, I'd heard their name, and I'd heard probably a couple of songs, probably Plush and and Creep. I think. Yeah. Um, I do remember getting Creep mixed up with the Radiohead song in my <laughs> in my younger yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I didn't. I hadn't really given them a chance, to be honest, until yeah. you lent me. Thank you, and uh, and I think as we were saying about Nirvana, not not giving them a chance. I think that could be said possibly for a lot of people about Stone Temple Pilots as well. Oh, mate, honestly, now Stone Temple Pilots are one of my favourite bands, like hands down, absolutely mm. love them. And I just I so I bought. Thank you. The um, the sort of it was so so thank you is their sort of compilation album like their best of greatest hits album that they released i think sort of 2002 2003 or four yeah um it must have been around 2002 i think it was 2002 um, yeah yeah and the album is basically a, you know the band were breaking up so it was like a send-off kind of album yeah like, you know these are the greatest hits the band's breaking up you know hence the title thank you now i went into um hmv on Oxford Street, um, and then just saw it. I thought, oh, I've, heard, I've kind of heard of Stone Temple Pilots. I haven't really heard their stuff. I've kind of heard of them. Um, 
And I just bought it on a whim. I just kind of completely you know, took a gamble. And when yeah. I say a gamble back then, you know, spending 10 quid on a record that you've never yeah. heard is yeah. a lot of money when you're 16. Absolutely. Um, and I've, I've come off the worst in, in a gamble like that a few times. Oh, yeah, likewise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, this is shit. Yes. Um, I've got one remember- album in mind in particular. Fucking hell. Oh, I remember good. buying... Um, the Corals album off of off of the strength of of um what's that song called? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Is it Thinking of You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I really like that you, song. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I really like that song. So I bought the album, and the rest of it is fucking dross, man. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Oh, so annoying. Sorry for any Coral fans that are listening to this. Oh, well, sorry to the Coral little. if they're listening to this, but your album is <laughs> shit. And I was gutted that I'd spent <laughs> 10 quid or whatever on it. <laughs> Come on, Coral, do that. Um, <laughs> this is it. Well, that was it. It was a massive gamble because there were so many albums I wanted to buy. But I thought, you know what, fuck it. I'm, I've kind of heard I was dreaming of you, bias. isn't it? Sorry, mate. Sorry. Dreaming of you. <laughs> dreaming fuck of you. Yeah. Mate, the Coral are going to fucking hate us. The Coral fans are going to hate us. <laughs> mate, they should be lucky that they've even got a mention on it in a. <laughs> episode that's about exactly. nirvana about and brunch. stone temple pilots <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. exactly yeah be grateful <laughs> yeah um so yeah so i bought I, I bought this on a complete whim i thought fuck it i'll give it a go and i was not disappointed i put it on like you say songs like plush creep tripping on a hole and was it tripping on a hole um the paper heart the paper heart mm. um lady picture show which ah, i'm sure we'll discuss in definitely. depth at some point Big Empty, Vaseline, yep. you know, all of these incredible, Down. incredible songs. Down, yeah, Down. all these songs that are now... It's Wicked Sour Garden Girl, on there. Wicked Garden's on there, Sour wow. Girl. What an album. You know, what a fucking album. I mean, what an introduction to Stone Terrible Violets. Yeah. It was perfect. And I was exactly. like, this is incredible. And Every remember, track yeah, on that is, is fantastic, isn't it? Every track. It it really is. So anyone that's listening that hasn't listened to Stone Temple Pilots, honestly, listen to Thank You. Listen yeah. to that album first, because that will really get you in. Best um, place to start. It really it, it is, and it definitely was for me. Um, and I do remember giving it to you and saying, like, I think you'll really like this. Like, listen to this. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad you did, because actually, to be fair, I think you're the only other Stone Temple Pilot fan that I know. Really. <laughs> um, it's it's just two of us in the world. Yeah, just the two of us, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, they were a band that not many people knew about and not many people seem to, to just have mm. any sort of love for at all. I mean, in America, they have a big, big following. I was going to say, I think that's, yeah, I think that's specific to the UK. I mean, obviously yeah. they do, you know, they do have a following over here, but yeah, it's not yeah. like what it was in, in the US, yeah. No, not at all. Um, but then, you know, like you do, when you fall in love, start falling in love with the band, you go back. And I did. I went back, you know, the album's core, Purple. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Interstate Love Song. Oh, what a song that is. Beautiful. What, a, what an opening. Um, yeah. But they were just, and then obviously they did their own MTV Unplugged, where Scott was on a rocking chair. Um, <laughs> and a sort of jazzed up version of Sex Type Thing, also yeah. on the album that Robin mentioned. Sex yeah. Type thing. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's just... I could go Relentless. on and on about <laughs> Yeah, just what a wonderful band. And every album you listen to is slightly different and it just yeah. has a different feel to it. Again, yeah, which is what we were talking about earlier, isn't it? About how they've changed the sound over the, over the time. Um, yeah, yeah, we were lucky enough to see them as well. We were. With we Scott Wyland. With Scott Wyland at Brixton Academy. Yep. 
which um, are the only band of the era that I've seen with the original lineup other than Pearl Jam. Ah. As far as I know. Yeah. I think off the top of my head, I, I, when, I, when I say of the era, I mean not just of the era, but of that, of, of grunge, really. Yeah, yeah. They're the, they're the, yeah, yeah, I yeah. can't, I haven't, because I, I never saw Soundgarden. I never saw Alice in Chains with or without Lainey Staley. And I never mm-hmm. saw Nirvana. So of the big bands that Those you think of bands, when you yeah. think of grunge, yeah, then yeah, yeah. Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots are the only two that I've seen with the, yeah. with the original lineup. I was very lucky and got to see Soundgarden. Um, yes. with, but I, um, I remember I had an audition the next morning where I had to sing. And I thought, well, I, I, obviously, I'm going to see Soundgarden tonight. And then I, I was like, I'm not going to sing tonight because I've got this big audition tomorrow morning. Mm. Um, and then one song in, they came in, they played Outshines. And I just thought, <laughs> fuck this. I just sang my tits off. The next day, I had no voice at all. <laughs> you should have sung Outshines. Yeah, audition. I should have done, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was completely worth it. Um, but yeah, seeing Stone Temple Pilots, like the original fucking lineup, was incredible. Because I know that they still tour today, but with a new singer. And they toured, yeah. I think they came to London last year or the year before. Mm. Um, it might be this year, actually. Um, they released an album, was it last year as well? Or last yeah. year or this year? I'm not sure, yeah. Perdida. And, yeah, and I had Chester Bennington as well. Yeah. At one point, being their lead vocalist. But I yeah. just... Scott was Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. It wasn't like, like it, it, they, he was that band. And I know lots of the musicians, if they were listening to it, like, fuck you, man. Like, you know, but Scott's voice, man, like just, it was so fucking good and so um, diverse and yeah. dynamic. And there was just so much about him and he was so charismatic. He's the I was going to say, yeah. Voice. Because he was such a big David Bowie fan. That I thought, well, if Scott likes David Bowie, then I've got to go and listen to David Bowie. And, and you can see that, can't you? You can see, yeah. I mean, you can see the influence. You can hear the influence in some of the music as well. But, um, I mean, just, he, I think he's like quite an underrated entertainer as well. I mean, when we saw he him, and we saw him with uh, Velvet Revolver as well. We did, um, yeah. And he's such a fucking, I mean, great stage presence. He's just yeah. nonstop action, isn't he, all the time? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and the, the, the megaphone. You know, great touch. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, it's very, um, it's very old school seventies rock, isn't it? Yeah. Like the way it performs is very sort of glam rock. It's very sort of classic rock. Um, yeah, it's not of. Our, I mean, obviously, sadly, he's not with us anymore. But it's not of our our time, is it? Really? No. True. True. Um, but yeah, like I say, luckily. Uh, we got to see them, which was a fantastic uh, experience. And um, as I say, saw them with Velvet Revolver as well. I did get to see Chris Cornell with Audio Slave. You did. You did. Oh my God, it does disappoint me that I never saw Soundgarden. Um, But um, we won't talk about that too we won't, <laughs> we won't go into that but, I mean, otherwise it's just going to be me crying for the rest of the episode <laughs> why well, don't cry boy um, <laughs> the thing we like Stone Temple Pilots is that like I said they're one of those I think the most underrated band of that whole not just the whole that whole period but the whole of the 90s they really were I mean like I said they, they, they do have a big following in the States but over here not at all 
Nah. And it's one of those bands that I go, do you know what? If you just listen to them, I would I I put money on that you would like them. Like yes. anyway, I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I will find because you will find the songs that you will like. You might not like some of the heavier stuff in in you know core and stuff, but you yeah. might like stuff like Interstate Love Song. How can anyone not like that song? Oh, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, and vice versa. If you're into heavier music, you will like stuff like yeah. Cracker Man, Sex Type yeah. Ding, you know, oh, uh, Dead like, and Bloated, you know. Yeah, great. I mean, this is it. There are so many. I mean, that that Thank You CD came with a DVD as well. Um, and it was loads of all that. Ah, you didn't lend me the DVD. I think, <laughs> I think I gave, what did I give you? It's just a CD. Uh, I gave you the CD. No, do you know what it was? I bought a DVD version and a CD version. And I think I lost the DVD version. Uh, but then I so only had the CD. I know. I never got the CD version again. Um, sorry, the DVD version again. Oh. So I think I gave you the CD version because I lost yeah. the actual DVD itself. But anyway, the DVD is a fucking great... Um, it's a great, again another great introduction of the band because what you see you see them performing these huge gigs all over the world so all these live performances you mm. see all their music videos you see scott with lots of different hairstyles and lots of different <laughs> you know dancing around on stage and i think if anyone like i say if anyone was really wanting to sort of go okay i need to give stone table pilots a try start with this album this thank you album especially if it has the dvd with it as well because it will just give you a real insight into the band it's like the perfect opener but i remember just being really gutted that i was, I was get really heavily getting into a band that had just broken up yeah exactly yeah and so often the case with that with that um uh, period that time period yeah. all of those bands were either by the time we were getting into them e- either various members were dead <laughs> or yeah. um or the bands were broken up or breaking up or you know i mean yeah. a lot of them did eventually reform and and stuff but yeah know. yeah well scott had a lot of issues didn't he with his he had a lot of he had a lot of it was battling um a drug addiction and and he, and he actually i think when number four their album number four came out mm. i think he was actually in prison when it was released yeah that sounds familiar yeah yes yeah he did <laughs> just talking we were talking earlier about Stone Temple Pilots and like the fact that some people felt that they sort of were riding on the coattails of grunge while other yeah. people loved them. You're talking about the following in, in, in the US. Um, a great bit of trivia that I found out about them a couple of days ago. Um, yeah. In January 1994, uh, the mm. Rolling, Stone, Rolling Stone magazine did a poll <laughs> and Stone Temple Pilots were simultaneously voted best new band by yeah. Rolling Stones readers and worst new band by the magazine's music critics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, that just sums it up, doesn't it? That it totally really sums that sums Stones of Violet up to a T, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> and it's just how funny, people think, felt about them. Exactly. I think do you know what it is? I think it goes back to what we were talking about, why we like Sega so much and we like Grunge so much. And it's that idea of the underdog as well. Mm. We love an underdog. And I think because Stones of Pilots were always the underdog. Yeah. And Nirvana were always the top dog. It yeah. kind of like I was like, well, fuck Nirvana. I'm gonna be yes. a the pilot. Yeah, I think that's kind of a bit of a, a subconscious kind of attitude that I definitely had when I was younger, and I still do. But um, but yeah, I mean, what can we more can we say about Stone Temple Pilots? They were just they're just fucking great. And if you don't know them, like please go and check them out. And yeah, like I said, their MTV Unplug session is one of my favourites. I think it's brilliant. It is brilliant. Scott was a great front man. Um, 
you know, I mean, some all the songs that we've listed just now, all fantastic songs. Some very, very different days of the week. I don't think we even mentioned days, days of, the, of the week. week. Yeah. Another great song. You know, lots of different styles and and things. Uh, the solo to Lady Picture Show. All right, it's, maybe it's not the most technically proficient or whatever. I don't give a shit. It's one of my favorite solos of all time. Yeah. It's just it just fits the song so nicely, and it just it, it just does something to me. I don't know why, but it just yeah. touches me in funny places, yeah. and um, <laughs> and I love it. Um, I love it. Touched in funny places. I do. I yeah. do. Oh no, you don't. Um, it's one of those. It's one of the, yeah, that's like Lady Picture Show alone, that song alone is so good. It's so, it's just, it's just, it's, it's a mood, isn't it? It's, it is. It's, it's such a mood. And that's the thing with Stone Temple Pilots. They all, all lots of their songs, they were just, they had such a mood to them, all of yeah. them. If you um, listen like to, yeah, if you listen to Thank You or, or just a compilation of, you know, just put Stone Temple Pilots on and shuffle on Spotify or something. It will yeah. take you on an emotional roller coaster, won't it? Oh, mate, most definitely, most definitely. And I plan to do that at some point today. I'm just going to sit down <laughs> and just listen to, to the yes. Temple Pilots. It's like we've um, so we've, so with their unplugged session, I felt like of all the bands that did the unplugged session, as good as they all were, mm. as great as they all were. I feel like Stone Temple Pilots like really they sort of nailed the brief in a way. Like because yeah. they, they, they took some of their songs and really reworked them for the yes. for the style, like sex type thing. They did like a swing version and it just it was so good. Yeah. And funnily enough, it is sort of reminiscent of Nirvana's um unplugged as well. Yeah, in the respect yeah, yeah. that Nirvana chose not to do their bigger songs and did um yeah, yeah I mean obviously it's unplugged, so you know yeah. you, I don't know how it's an unplugged version of Smells Like Teen Spirit would sound, but... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just wouldn't have worked. And I think they, it was the right call for them to do that, wasn't it? It would have been yeah. really weird doing that. But, um, yeah, it, so Sensible Pilots are a band that I wish had a lot more love, but in a way, I'm kind of glad that they don't as well because yes. they feel a bit more special. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. One last thing on them before we move on to Screaming yeah. Trees. Um yeah. They so in their early days they went through a few name changes. Um, yeah. <laughs> most notably, they were known as Mighty Joe Young um, yeah. for a little while. Um, they were also um, they were also known as Swing. Talking about Swing, oh, really? Swing, yeah, they were also known as Swing oh, for a while. Um, apparently, when Dean joined the band, he refused mm. to play in a band called Swing. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why they changed their name to Mighty Joe Young. And I'm totally with him on that. Um, yeah. yeah, but but um, it turned out that um, Mighty Joe Young was already being used by by some kind of, oh, what, what, what was he? He was like a jazz artist or something. Oh, okay. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we were in a pub a couple of weeks ago that had the STP motor oil stickers on it. Yeah. And we were talking about that. And we were talking about Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, yeah. Now, this may be common knowledge. I don't know. But I've only just found out that apparently that was what inspired them to change their name to Stone Temple Pilots. Because what, what it oh, was, really? they, they all liked the, the STP motor oil stickers. And so they were trying yeah. to think of names that, were, that had oh, STP. Oh. And they eventually settled oh, on Stone Temple Pilots. That makes sense. Cause we, yeah. yeah, we saw it, didn't we, in that pub? We went, oh, look, Stone Temple Pilots. Because I yeah. think they sometimes use that sticker as 
a bit of sort of merchandise yeah. or maybe on like a t-shirt or something so ah, that's there very you interesting there you go there you go a bit of a start the pilot's trivia there you go okay so screaming trees yeah um so these are another band that again i'd heard of they were sort of in the background i didn't know yeah. much about them until your good self introduced mm-hmm. me to their their music yep. um, and the first song that you told me to listen to was a song called sworn and broken oh. which has since become one of my favorite songs of all time and i, I really really mean that i oh, love that song i was listening to it yesterday and yeah. i was i was gonna listen to a lot of screaming well eventually i did but I listened to Sworn and Broken first and I was like, I've got to listen to this a couple more times because <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. an absolutely beautiful song. It is, mate. It's absolutely stunning. And it's 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 one of those songs that you just. It, yeah, it, it's just the, the melody, his voice that it just it's just it's just epic in its own kind of way, isn't it? It's just it really is. I can't quite describe it. So yeah, if anyone wants to listen to Screaming Trees, start with Sworn and Broken. But I mean that that whole album, Dust. So again, like like Stone Temple Pilots, I just it was on a whim. I just thought, well, you know what? Lots of people are talking about Screaming Trees. Lots mm. of the bands that I like are referring to the Screaming Trees. I think mm. the I think Kurt Cobain's favourite band was the Screaming Trees, or one of his favourite. Yeah, bands that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember picking up on CD. I picked up Dust and Uncle Amnesia. Um, yeah both incredible albums but dust especially like you know witness sworn and broken mm. um uh oh, dying days mm-hmm. what a fucking tune dying days what a epic bloody song um and mark lanagan's voice is just phenomenal it is it is and it's funny because just reading up about them a couple of days ago it's it's yes. weird because they were sort of more of a cult acts really not act, yeah. but like you know they had more of a cult following it, it's yeah. funny because they they they're one of those bands kind of kind of like the melvins in a way that yeah. they get sort of talked about by other bands and other bands will say oh yeah. they really inspired us and you know their yeah. music and and whatever but they don't have the the status in in the general public that that they do in their own sort of in their own community which is so yeah. strange. They don't, they, they yeah. never seem to really get going, the Screaming Trees. They they sort of, no. they sort of ebbed and flowed, but never really, even with, even with Nirvana's breakthrough, you know, I mean, who was it? Yeah. I can't remember who it was now. Um, Mark Arm? I'm just going to say Mark Arm. <laughs> no, it wasn't Mark Arm, but it was somebody like him. Ah. Oh. Who was it? Oh, it was I can't remember the guy's name from Fugazi. Um okay. who he he was talking about um Nirvana's breakthrough. And yeah. he said, like, you know, I, I can't remember the the, di- the the direct quote, but it was something about how what a massive thing it was and and how it helped a lot of other bands who had been trying for years to make yeah. that breakthrough. And then all yeah. of a sudden Nirvana just smashed everything and then it helped a lot of other bands come through. Even with that, the Screaming Trees still didn't seem to make that no. massive push that you would expect them no. to, based yeah. on the level of respect that they get from their like from their peers, you know. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at those bands that you know, you think about the big four alone, just you know, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, 
all mm. just, I mean, they were the big four. Like, mm. Screaming Trees were as good as any of those bands. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they really were. And they had one of the best vocalists, like Mark Lanigan's voice. Even yes. to this day, like, you know, he released a lot of solo stuff and he does stuff with Queens of the Stone Age and he did stuff yeah. with Caius. But yeah. his voice is just, it's that smoky sort of, just, again, like, it just epitomises what grunge, what you think of as, as grunge music. But at yeah. the same time, all the songs are m- melodic as fuck. Like yeah. they, they've got such great melodies and great lyrics. And it's not when people think grunge, they always think metal. They always think yeah. people just screaming and shouting. Yes. And, and it just fucking isn't. Yes, you've got some powerful vocals coming from Lane Staley and, and Chris Cornell yeah. and, and Kurt. But like it's not that by any means. It's it's full of heart, full of full of depth and full of, you know, just a yeah. whole lot of fucking melody. And Screaming Trees, I think, you know an absolute the epitome of that really they're one of those bands that you just you listen to them you're like why, why haven't i been listening why don't i listen to these bands? exactly why, absolutely. why have i been listening to this for so long um, well, that's exactly so, what i went yeah. through yesterday when i was listening to them exactly yeah. what you just said it's like why don't i listen to these guys more often yeah yeah, yeah. and same same you know you, sometimes you go oh god you put them on you sing along to it you enjoy it and go I, I need to listen to this more often yeah I, I don't know if it's me if this uh, if i'm totally making this connection like on my own and and yeah. maybe nobody else feels like this as well i don't know but yeah just listening to them yesterday i was thinking they kind of remind me of uh mother love bone actually they are a bit mother love i can't believe we've not even spoken about mother love bone like- i know we didn't even mention <laughs> i don't think we mentioned them in the, in part one either which is i, I think like we might have mentioned a bit of it is really. We're gonna have to do an episode on on, on Mother Love Bone, but like, I think yeah. we mentioned briefly about Andy Woods. Yeah, but, but no, you're right. They do. They they kind of have a sort of the same sort of. I know what you mean, like culty kind of feel that Mother Love Bone have. Yeah, in the sense of they were they were such a huge part of it, and they just you know they were so instrumental to all of it, but they get so overlooked by all the by the big four and everyone else. Yeah, but even just even just some of their music as well. It's like I can I can see that this this. Uh, Maybe it's not the case. Maybe I don't know enough of their of their their music to to make this judgment. But a lot of the tracks that I listen to, I could imagine Mother Lovebone making those songs as yeah. well. And I think yeah, it's yeah, yeah. when you when you think about the fact that you know Screaming Trees were around. You know what? When were they formed? Like early eighties or something like that? Early yeah, mid eighties. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know they were around at the at the inception of this genre. You know, and yeah. obviously Mother Love Bone were one of the early bands as well. So I guess it makes sense, really. It does. I mean, it's funny actually you say that. Imagine, well, imagining the song "Nearly Lost You" by Screaming Trees being sung by Andrew Woods. Yeah, and like, it, it would work. It actually. Would there you really, go. Really work. Exactly. Um, but I think, you know, if anyone's listening, again, like with the Stone Temple Pilots thing, like if, you, if you've if you never listened to Screaming Trees and you want to, start with Dust. I think start with the album Dust because mm. that I mean, that's got Swan and Broken on it. Yeah. But that will, that will get you in. I think yeah. that will really get you in. Start um, specifically with Swan and Broken and then the yes. whole of that album. Yeah. 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 I agree. One thing um, that I learned about them, um, just reading up on them as well yeah. is that initially they used to re- rehearse at the um at the Connor family's video rental store <laughs> <laughs> oh, i mean that's like that's two i mean that's what we should we should we should open a grunge themed video rental store 
Oh, that's that's, that's like two of our favourite things. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. living there, just living there, watching watch videos, <laughs> listening to grunge, and doing podcasts. Oh like my god, perfect. Sounds like heaven. Um, <laughs> right, as you don't have very long, shall we do either or, and then move into the final final I think game? We probably should. Um, yeah, sadly, um, I have to go and do my actual job soon so um we're, we we could have not time traveling <laughs> no unfortunately <laughs> i don't get paid to time travel um doesn't pay my bills <laughs> as much as i wish it did um so we could have TFL spoken for you know tfl is transport for london it yeah ttfl time travel time for london, travel for london. <laughs> Brilliant. ttfg time travel TTFG. for grizz um uh, yeah so let's let's uh we could have spoken about this for hours i mean we could have spoken about and we do and we we will again um but in the meantime yeah let's do let's do either or so i've got some cracking 10 questions for you here steve come on let's do it some of these have got some non-90s references but they're all they all relate to the bands that we've talked about. So I think that's okay. That's fair enough. All right. Okay. I'm ready. Let's do it. Ready? Okay. Right. Here we go. Mark Lanigan or Scott Weiland? Oh, <laughs> you start so deep. Um, start you for an easy one. Scott yeah, Weiland, exactly. yeah? Scott Weiland. <laughs> all right. Nevermind or Core? Core. Ooh, controversial. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mad Season or Velvet Revolver? Mad Season. Uh, two different bands, but two um, like super yeah. super groups. So that's why I put them together. Yeah. Um, right, Nirvana's version of the Man Who Sold the World or David Bowie's? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got a David Bowie. Be tally, honest. But I'm, I'm going to be honest. Nirvana's. <laughs> I totally agree. That's why I told you to be honest. <laughs> be honest. <laughs> All right, this is a bit of a weird one, but I'll throw it in there anyway. Josh, Josh Holm or Pat Smear? Ooh, I want to <laughs> say Pat Smear. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, I like all... his face when he's playing guitar. Yeah, yeah, I just like his face in general. <laughs> and I don't like Josh Holm's yeah. face, funny enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, say again? So based on the faces alone. Yeah, <laughs> just based on their faces, yeah. Um, no, this is a good one. All apologies or sworn and broken? Oh, that is a tough one. Um, sworn and broken. Oh, fair days. Uh, Nirvana or Foo Fighters? Nirvana. Okay. Smells like teen spirit or sex type thing? Sex type thing. Wow. Nirvana are getting... <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they won the, the Foo Fighters one, but other than that, they're getting shit on here. Um, this well, is why we didn't put them in. <laughs> okay, we'll see if we, they can redeem themselves here. In utero or sweet oblivion? Oh, um, in utero. Okay. And the final one, and this is the big one. This is the one that everyone wants to know. Big me or one inch man? Ah, <laughs> ah, ah genius. <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to say one inch man. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I would say big um, me. <laughs> so um, a little backstory. We should tell everyone the backstory behind that. <laughs> no, let's um, leave it there. <laughs> oh, I'll leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it, leave it in mystery. Shrouded mystery. Exactly. Um, yeah, leave it there. 
All but right. if you get a chance, okay. listen to Big Me and then One Inch Man. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and make your decision. Um, <laughs> yeah, and let us know. Let us know, yeah. I might put it um, out on a poll. Right. Put it on a poll, yeah. <laughs> like an actual poll. <laughs> yeah. A one inch poll. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe one day we'll, we'll reveal the backstory. Yeah. Um, all right. So the last thing then, before we leave the time machine and travel back to 2021 and you have to go to work. The yep. last thing <sighs> is, um, what, should, what would I bring back? Mm. What would I bring back from the 90s, from this episode to modern day? Okay. I would bring back Scott Weiland's rocking chair from uh, MTV Unplugged. Genius, genius. Because I've always wanted that rocking chair. I've always wanted a rocking chair so we can relax in the time machine on a rocking chair. Oh, mate, that is that is brilliant. That is brilliant. I don't think what else could you have brought back I, I was thinking when you said Scott Wylands I was thinking I think you're going to say the megaphone but oh, um, yeah. but no the rocking chair is that is perfect it is that would it look is. beautiful in the in the time machine this time machine is looking pretty gorgeous it's amazing to, uh, I'm, I'm a bit I'm a bit disappointed it doesn't actually exist <laughs> <laughs> I'm very disappointed it doesn't actually exist oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and on well, that note I've now got to go exists. to work <laughs> even oh, more depressing I know. I know but I'll tell you what on the way to work listen to some Stone Temple Pilots Nirvana and Screaming Trees I'm definitely going to definitely going to I think I'm going to particularly uh, lean towards Screaming Trees actually I've got, I'm in Ooh, a, bit of a, nice. a bit of a Screaming Trees mood oh nice you know what you've got me in a Screaming Trees mood I think I'm going to do the same actually I'm going to start with Swan and Bone exactly same here. Best place to start. If you'd like to get in touch with us about anything we've discussed in the show, please email us at tuckshoptimemachine at aol.com. You can follow us on Twitter at time underscore tuck, find us on Facebook at tuckshoptimemachine, or check out our new website, Grizz and Steve's 90s tuckshoptimemachine.wordpress.com. And finally, a big shout out to Kevin McLeod, who provided all of our music. That's all for this episode. Tune in next time for some more 90s nostalgia. Party on, Grizz. Party on, Steve. I knew this was going to happen. Grunge and a cup of tea. It was always going to be. Um, <laughs> a couple of long, trips to the toilet. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's all right. I kept like... myself entertained by whistling Cracker Man. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like a little sort of interlude music. Or like a, <laughs> Elevator music. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah we'll exactly. Yeah. <laughs>